This is Tarot for the Wild Soul, a weekly tarot podcast about life, death, and rebirth, hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. Welcome to a brand new episode of Tarot for the Wild Soul podcast. Um, What a joy, as always, to be connected with all of you. I am very excited to speak about the card that we're going to be covering today. It's one of my personal favorite cards to talk about, and um, it's been such an immense ally and friend to me in my life that I feel excited to sing its praises. And of course, we're talking about Ten of Swords and the incredible, beautiful new world that it really calls us into and invites us into when it arises and sometimes even when it doesn't arise because the tarot is very liquid, it's invisible, it's not dictated by what we pull. And the more, which is really crazy, but it's true. And the more we start to develop this just beautiful fluency with um, an intimacy, a richness and and a vital vulnerability, with not just our decks, because decks do come and go. You know, we do use a deck and then we will release that deck and start working with another one. Um, It's really the soul-centered relationships that we have with these meanings, that when they're being really channeled down and into us, when we're really open to being communicated to by the card at its essence, not what we think it is, not what other people told us it was, but what it wants to sing to us, wants to share to us, which sounds really out there, but is actually really how tarot likes to work. Um, we're just very consumed, me too, with like, um, you know, well, not, so, I don't feel this way so much anymore, I will be honest. Um, but uh, it really is just about like, what do we think? What are we hearing? Um, and I think it's pretty universal to be like, I don't know what I think, you know, what does this person say about it? Which is great until you have your own rooting under you. But 10 of swords is one of those cards that understandably because of the imagery has been so, um, grievously misinterpreted and misunderstood. Um, and, I feel a personal passion to undo and rewild some of the understandings about this card. So I am grinning ear to ear. I'm a dork. I love talking about Ten of Swords. So we're going to get into it. Um, But first, I want to just acknowledge that this week, leading up to Yule or the winter solstice, is um, a very powerful one. We're, we're, you know, I want to really be inclusive and yet stay in my lane. Inclusive in that I recognize that not everyone acknowledges January 1st as the first day of the year. And I do. And this is my podcast and my work. And so um, I'm sharing what I share. And if, you know, of course, and not that anyone said anything, but um, I just want to continue to be open, my arms open. And to say, you know, I'm talking a lot about the end of 2019 and I can understand if it's starting to feel like I don't see this as being the end of the year, like, fuck you, stop. Um, this is just kind of going to be what it is for a little while. And 
because it's a very big threshold. Um, and when we experience these kind of communal thresholds together, even if we don't observe or recognize or acknowledge or um, even believe that it's the first day of the year, it is a very big numerical threshold that, again, we really feel on a collective basis. So I understand if it's getting a little like, oh my God, I get it, 2020, but it's important because a lot of what people are feeling right now, mentally, emotionally, energetically, the heaviness, the intensity, the brain chemistry, the old things coming up from the woodwork. A lot of us are moving through huge body pain, depression, our brains just being the biggest fucking jerks in the world. This is not your fault. You're not alone. In fact, you are quite in good company. I'm with you. Every powerful person I know is with you. <laughs> every great intuitive I know is with you. Every healer, every helping professional I know, every we're all in this right now. So it is important to acknowledge that um, there's something happening, whether or not it's the new year for you. But this um, week leading up to the solstice on the 21st is a big one. Not big, like intense or heavy. Um, we'll see. I'm not quite sure how it'll show up, but the opportunity to very rapidly and in a very accelerated way, clear out, have things come up, process them, and then be on to the next thing is very high. We're also going into eclipse season, um, which is, uh, pretty shortly after the solstice on the 21st. And, um, that is its own thing too. Like really with eclipses, it's like receiving body work, um, that feels safe and good and consensual, um, that you're just laying there and you are doing the receiving the work in the body work, but there is helpful there, are, there's help, you know, there's helping hands, there's helping tools, there's helping energy that's helping the cellular memory in your body to kind of move these things out and you're not efforting it. The work is in the receiving of it because receiving can be really hard work actually. Um, and that's, we want to think of eclipse season as kind of a, like a great body worker, just a body worker that is really helping to, um, touch into the right places so that there can be a release. And that's why, um, a lot of the time with eclipses, um, there's a recommendation kind of not to necessarily work with the energy, like to put in intentions on eclipse energy. I think you can do whatever the hell you want, but it's a good case because a lot of the time eclipses are doing what they're working on their wisdom. And it's really, really advantageous for us to just lay and open. Um, and I also really just want to say just for people's brains again, that this paradigm shift into this new year and new decade is very big. I have been repeating this many times. Um, and it is very easy to think this is just me. Nobody else is feeling this way. No, really, if you knew what I was going through, you'd think, I was whatever. Um, and I wouldn't think that because I promise you, I've been through such wildness over the last few weeks. And again, almost every person that I know who's really powerful and, and 
everybody I know is very powerful, including you listening. Um, but everybody I know, even those who are very wizened, have lots of tools and lots of resources to help themselves. They're no stranger to big times of expansion and contraction are all really feeling the squeeze. Yours truly included in that. Um, it's a major time on our planet. We're moving into huge, huge new things. So the body feels it. The brain in general is very scared. It doesn't understand. We've never quite been in this frequency before on the planet. And I feel that it's my job <laughs> a little bit to remind you that you're not alone in that and that um, things are very intense right now. The most important thing that you can do is to take care of yourself. Self-care is not selfish. It is not superfluous. It is crucial. In fact, it's old paradigms, old bullshit, old generational, again, bullshit that has, um, you know, just self-care as in releasing the paradigm of old generational ideas of it being selfish or mean or whatever, and also releasing the wellness industry's privileged model of self-care. Self-care is not like buying yourself flowers, even though that's quite nice, but it's nothing compared to what actually nourishes you. Most of us don't even know. It takes a while to figure that out. This is a part of the why of this time so that we can actually touch into what nourishes us, us, without looking out into other people's stuff. Um, so it's a big time. And, you know, solstices are huge. We feel solstices. I feel equinoxes too. Absolutely. Equinoxes are so powerful for their own reasons, but solstices are like, we experience solstices and really they're a, they're a, an experience in radical duality where we're really seeing like the, the, um, what's in the dark and we're really seeing what's in the light and the dark is not negative or bad or any of those, um, ideas that we have. It's, it's just, what's not seen. We're like, it's just like what we haven't been privy to. Um, we learn to bow to the dark. We learn to bow to the nighttime. We learn to bow to the mysteries of the moon and the stars and the way that the quiet of the night can guide us into seeing so much more deeply, can guide us into facing our fears and um, kind of the stories that we have about the night. Um, and we can um, undo that. And, um, you know, looking to what the light physically in terms of the amount of hours of the day shines on and looks toward is also really huge too. You know what, and it's not an accident that on the winter solstice, we have less light and more night. So we're looking, and ironically, in order to welcome more of that night on the winter solstice, we bow to the night we, or we bow to the light. We bow to the fact that even though this day is the shortest day of the year, so to speak, it isn't really, but um, even though there is the less or um, we have the least amount of daylight, we're still welcoming 
the light because we're moving after that day toward more and more and more and more light. We're now going to be waxing instead of waning. And we feel that shit. And leading up to solstices can feel so bananas. So really just this is kind of a long permissioning, inclusive invitation to not think that it's just you. It's really everybody. This is like really everybody. Um, and by the way, like I've been having a, a, a wonderful month. Like there's a lot of work moving through me. I feel really joyous about my work. I, um, am, uh, doing huge healing work with the people that I work with. Um, and it's still been extremely uncomfortable and very difficult extremely uncomfortable, very difficult. And my brain and body are having to process and try to make sense of this because they love me and your brain and body love you too. And the only things that they really want are to keep us safe and be in what we know. And we're like literally tripping off into the spiral, you know, um, and we, all of our systems are feeling that and it's very frightening. So that's why I say self-care is really important. So you can understand a, it's not you, your brain and your body are you, but they're also not you. You are you and your brain and your body are a part of that experience. So you can step up as the caretaker. You can talk to your brain. You can say, you know, thank you for this invitation, but no, when your brain is being really abusive, you can say, this is like a total shout out to my teacher, Michelle, like brain, you're a liar. <laughs> you know, the brain lies a lot. We don't have to believe it. You know, we just don't. And we can be kind and compassionate and say, I know why you're lying. It's because you're afraid and because, um, you want to invite me into fear so that I'm not in an unknown um, I'm, I'll be in an unknown, but still one that's more comfortable to you. Um, but I'm not into it. You know, just whatever feels right. The body needs so much care right now. And care looks like however it looks to you. Like it's not, it's definitely not necessarily any of the stuff that's prescribed to us, like certain exercises or certain things to eat. It is whatever flows with you, like whatever your body feels is best. Um, and that's really through trial and error. So just be gentle, know that you're not alone. And, um, really with the energy that we're in right now, leading up to the solstice, all of this stuff, um, really there is no, I had to think really hard what card I want to do to close out 2019 because there were a few really good options. And this one just sung to me as the most perfect, beautiful, and probably fairly unexpected <laughs> ally to some of you who may think that this card is a nightmare. I understand why you do. It looks like a nightmare we'll get into why that is, but, um, this card, 10 of swords is such a helpful ally in the, um, anchoring into truth rooting of this time. And, um, one final thing that I want to say just very, very quickly is that this really is a time in general right now to be thinking about roots. Many of us, um, you know, try to look for nourishment in other people's root systems, right? Like our parents or, um, those who, who seem to know more than we do, maybe our therapists and maybe other people in their practices. There are many ways in which 
we can try to curl around someone else's roots and um, not even in a malevolent way, just in a way where we feel like my roots are not enough. Um, an emperor year is really going to change all that. There's no way to really step up like the mountain, like the redwood you are without having. Now, redwood roots don't go down very far, but they do go out and really work together. But they really are all taking in nutrients from their own source. And that's really what part of what we're doing. We're, we're growing sturdier and stronger here. And I think that Ten of Swords is a wonderful way to actually create a little bit more rooting in our own knowing as we, you know, continue to step forward into this wild time. So, um, before I get started on that, a couple of like, like literally the quickest things, um, threshold is still open for enrollment. It will not be open forever. Enrollment for that will close in early January. Um, it is a, um, two and a half hour or so, uh, deep dive on the emperor 2020 and your year ahead. There's a special exercise, um, for the fours of the tarot and how we can look to them as allies for rooting. And there is, um, a little piece on releasing 2019 and understanding really what the hangman brought. There's a workbook. There are lots of spreads, big ones for the year ahead. And, um, it again is limited. So if you're interested, now's the time to get it. Um, boundaries and self-care for the wild soul, which is my new little guy offering. Um, just a really beautiful, deep, um, chunky, rich workshop on ways to open to our intuitive, autonomous self-care, ways to release judgment around the ways we think we should be caring for ourselves, ways to strengthen and see our boundaries as a birthright. Um, I'm very proud of it. I think it's uh, strong and useful and helpful. And the material for that is live now. It's been open for pre-enrollment, but if you want to get immediate access to the material, you know, it's available to you. And if not, it'll be evergreen. So you can have access to that whenever you want. Um, and, um, I'm really excited to announce that I have, um, an offering coming out that I think is going to be really exciting. It's called inner voice and it is a soul centered online intuition course. The first that I've ever done on intuition. Um, and the pre-enrollment for that opens on the solstice, but, uh, the material you have a little while. So if you, you know, don't worry, <laughs> you know, you won't miss it. Um, but it's really um, leaning into the four queens of the tarot, using them as kind of this foundational lens view on um, the ways that we can lean into, speak from, listen, trust our intuition, trust our inner voice, um, and really starts from the place that you're already intuitive, you already have gifts and um, knowing and wisdom that run literally in your blood that cannot be taken from you. And even if you don't have any fucking clue, quote, what they are, they are there. And there is a spiralic process of which we can come home to those gifts. So this course is not about like, you know, are you clairvoyant or clairaudient? Most likely you're a little bit of both or not, or not yet. It's really about you have gifts that are unnameable and 
too beautiful and too complex for any kind of label. How can you clear what is superfluous, quiet the brain down, and turn the volume up on that of the intuition and soul so that you can be available at any moment to what your intuition has to say? So I'm very proud of it. It's been a couple of years in the making, and um, if you want to learn more about that, it's all of these offerings are on my website. So, um, and uh, yeah. I think that's it. Thanks for listening to all that. I hope that was useful. Not the course part, but the little mention about what's been going on energetically. Okay, so Ten of Swords. I do want to start first by um, with a little preamble that I, I think is useful. Um, we need to remember, and Ten of Swords is a great, great card to remind us of this, um, that tarot is transcribed and described by human beings, right? That seems really obvious, but (laughs) stay with me. Um, the books, the material, this podcast, they're coming through humans, So what that means is that human beings are attempting with wonderful um, commitment and and heart-centered intentions, they are attempting to describe something that is indescribable, right, largely, that is so huge and evolutionary and infinite um, and so not caught up in our human stuff, you know, the soul doesn't really get afraid. The soul doesn't get nervous. The soul doesn't feel jealousy. The soul is the soul and its natural state is one of equilibrium. And that doesn't mean that when we feel jealousy, anger, sadness, fear, nervousness, that we're somehow not having a soul-centered experience. We're always having a dual experience. We're always supposed to be having a dual experience. There's the brain and there's the soul. And sometimes they match and usually they don't. Um, And we can understand this um, when we think about the tarot. There's always a brain-centered way to talk about the tarot. And that's been 99.9% of the um, material that we have about tarot. It's brain focused, period. Now that teeny little sliver that isn't is something that's a little bit more connected to a soul sense of what the tarot brings. And um, soul tarot, which is the kind of tarot I teach, includes the brain experience, but does not stop there. It goes further and says, yes, this card may feel like any number of things. Yes, we may experience this or that. Probably not, but we might. What is it bringing to us? What medicine is it bringing? What gifts is this card laying at our feet? What is the invitation of this card? Asking those questions is where we sort of start to nose in to the idea of soul tarot. And it's really not Lindsay's way of looking at the tarot. It's really the tarot telling me 
we really prefer to not be relegated to this or that and me listening. And um, it's a very simple way of describing something that you yourself are probably doing because we all have our own soul frequencies. We all have our own language. We all have our own channel. And it's just an invitation to begin to see the tarot as something different, as something that's not um, about the brain generating a meaning, but about the soul being open to having a full experience of witness and awareness. And Ten of Swords is one of those cards that, and there's no judgment around this, has pretty much only ever been spoken about through a brain-centered experience. The swords um, are something that you can really tell in a lot of um, books and guidebooks for decks. It's very easy to tell how far a writer or a creator has gone based on the way they talk about certain cards, especially the swords. Um, there, it's Again, this is not said with any judgment. Not everyone is meant to go to like the ends of the earth with understanding their brain chemistry. <laughs> you know, not everybody is meant to necessarily plug that in to the tarot. Not everybody listening to this will even care about that. I do because it's something that means a lot to me. Um, but it's just really, I think it's very, very important to start thinking about tarot from an evolutionary inclusive perspective. And that's not to say that the soul cannot include all of the human experiences. It's just not limited to them. And most of tarot is limited to the brain, to the bodily, to the earthly experiences. And that's really not all that we are at all. That's really like the opposite. You know, it's, very little of our true experiences are generated from the brain. Thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Um, in fact, they often are not. Um, feelings are not necessarily facts. They're all valid. They're all worthy. None of them should be bypassed. All of them should be embraced and held in the deepest of respect and, and attention. But I wouldn't let my feelings or my thoughts drive a car you know, drive the car of my life. I drive the car. So 10 of swords is one of those cards where I want to begin here because in order to speak about it, we have to speak about what it's not. 10 of swords is not a card of betrayal. It's not a card of horrors and of harm. No harm is going to come to you in the 10 of swords. Nobody's talking about you. Nobody is stabbing you in the back. Nobody is betraying you. <laughs> you're not betraying anybody else. Um, you're not going to get stabbed. Uh, it's not a horrible end to anything. Um, it is a death of an old shell, an old container, a skin of cyclical thought. It is the death of a way that we have been relating to our thoughts that no longer serves. It can't get us any further than what it has. It's a dead end. It's the end of the road. And when we pull it, there is a profound invitation, one of the strongest in the tarot, actually, I believe, that we can change our minds. We can change our thinking. 
we're being invited to think about something differently than we have. And the beautifully blunt (laughs) uh, artistic renderings of Ten of Swords are really um, a very uh, meant to be actually a very shocking kind of stirring illustrative parable of sorts to be able to tell us this is how it feels to the mind it feels overwhelming it feels intense it feels like it's just pushing 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 that the worst might happen that something might be going on that I'm not aware of Um, and the truth is that the mind is generating a lot of those fears and thoughts because it knows it's about to lose some measure of control over us that we're about to leap into a soul centered way of living and it's frightened because the brain really hates the unknown. It hates the unknown because it can't protect us in the unknown. If it doesn't know it, um, the brain kind of can't file it in something that is safe. Um, Even if our life sucks, uh, the brain, uh, especially if we were raised kind of in a sense of chaos or that means that your brain knows chaos and recognizes it as home. This is probably not new to many listeners of the podcast. I'm sure this is really understood by you, but um, it is important to recognize that the swords in Soul Tarot have to do with experiencing, mastering, understanding our brain chemistry. We have to do this in order to really understand that we're human beings that are always having this dual experience, right? Always with two radio stations going at once, always with the brain, always with the soul. And the divine tension between them is that the brain really wants us to stay safe in what we know because it's a very, very overactive Um, well-meaning protector trying to love, but actually usually hurting. Um, And because the brain is so loud, so insistent, and because it can like use chemical warfare, (laughs) you know, it feels really strong and it feels really true. So it can feel almost impossible to be like, I'm not these thoughts, but I can like feel them. You're just because we feel them doesn't necessarily mean they're the truth, the real. They're not necessarily true. The soul wants to evolve, wants to fly, is here to grow, understands the value of discomfort. And the soul is always locked into the sense of truth, that we can be having huge chemical you know, experiences and still recognize that in this moment we are safe, even if it doesn't feel that way. So it's just about recognizing um, the differences. And this doesn't mean that we divorce ourselves from liking it, not liking it, getting help, not getting help. You get whatever you need. It's just a powerful way to think about beginning to consider like, wow, I'm not my thoughts. And Ten of Swords is a huge leap forward in that idea. It's a, be- it's a very, very big leap to be able to say the way that I've been relating to my brain and to my thoughts is ready to close this particular cycle. I've gone as far as I can go, literally. I've gone as far as I can go. Um, this particular mode, way of thinking about my life and thinking about things is ready to die. 
it's dead really. Um, and you know, again, we can't go further down the road on these thoughts on this way of relating to the mind. Um, it also feels very important to say that the mind is going to do what it's going to do. The 10 of swords doesn't mean, Oh, you're, your thoughts will change. Your mind will change. All of a sudden you'll feel this way. The brain is going to do whatever it's going to do. It's a call for us to say, you just don't have to believe it. You can try something different. You can consider that the brain might be screaming at you not to do this thing or to do that thing or whatever, but there's a call. There's some kind of drumbeat. There's a heartbeat guiding you forward. It's talking to you and it's quiet and it's guiding you out of this shell, out of this body that in the Smith Rider Weight many decks, you know, we see kind of a, a body that's, you know, run through. And that's um, their way of depicting the idea that the body, the brain, the physical part is no more. It's kind of run itself through. Now we're sort of invisible beings walking around without necessarily being imprisoned in this shell. Um, which again, I love the body. It's not about leaving the body or bypassing anything. It's about recognizing that there's a duality there. It's not just, you know, the brain. Um, so the swords really about mastering brain chemistry, not about mastering as in conquering or being the best or understanding everything there is to know. Masters have become masters through experience. Masters become masters through clocking in hours. When you're in a master's program, you're doing a certain amount of hours. You're doing additional schooling to become a master in your field. You're doing extensive study, residencies, all kinds of different things to um, enrich your knowledge. So the swords enrich our knowledge of what it is to be souls having a human experiences with these brains that help us and do wonderful things and help like, you know, regulate our nervous system and, you know, keep us breathing and safe. And, um, that also create total chaos because it doesn't want us growing. And then we actually think that it's true and we'll say no to things that are total beautiful yeses. We just think because the brain freaks out that it must mean that it's the wrong thing to do. So um, the swords teach us, offer us be 10 beautiful experiences to help us go inside a brain experience, move through the full spiral and come out not identified with the brain, understanding some part of the way our brains work in a new and different way. And any 10 in the tarot, as we're speaking about the 10 of swords, is very, very special because it is both the beginning and the end of something. It is the clearing away of an old cycle and the beginning of a new one. And a very, very beautiful um, kind of life, death, life experience. Um, another way that I really like to think about the tens are that they're the full moons of the minors. The aces are really the new moons and the tens are really the full moons. So we don't go through kind of the full lunar cycle in this, but there is a really beautiful way. Um, you could even say that, um, you know, 
yeah, there's just something really beautiful about thinking about them as full moons because it's a really lovely way to uh, think about the idea that when we move through a full moon, what we're really doing is harvesting. But at the full moon, we've reached the peak. We're at the peak place, the zenith of that particular energetic cycle. And we're harvesting, you know, we're things have grown to the point that they're ready to be birthed. They're ready to be cut. They're ready to be harvested. And then we can look at the harvest and say, what happened here? You know, do I like what's here? Do I not? Do I compost what's here? Do I keep some? Do I cherish what's here? Do I hate what's here? Um, so full moons are this wonderful monthly review that we get where we get to kind of harvest and be like, yeah, what's working, what's not. Um, and those are the tens where we really get the opportunity to say, what's working about this? What isn't working about this? You know, what is great about this? What's tough about this? And there's beauty and hard things to all the tens, including 10 of pentacles and 10 of cups, which are usually thought of as just kind of these like perfect, beautiful cards. It's not necessarily true. There can be really tough feelings. The tarot is never limited based on what card it is by any feelings. You can have any feeling in any card and it's not a problem. You can feel devastated in the sun card. You can hate the empress. Um, it's for too fucking long. We've had way too much literature and I'm, I'm, I'm getting hot. We've had way too much literature that claims that somebody understands that they're the arbiter on how a tarot card is supposed to feel and is bullshit because you can feel any way you want. Um, we're not making anyone's experience wrong or bad in any card. You feel how you feel. It's good information. Cause again, it's not all of the information, but it is crucial. Feelings are so important. And so we want to follow that. Um, it teaches us something about the card and how we can relate to our clients or to the people we read for ourselves. It's important. So when we think about the idea that 10 of swords is a sort of a full moon, we can start from this place of considering, okay, first of all, the imagery in the 10 of swords, I like to say is very meta, which means that as a kind of a commentary on itself. Um, because the brain has it, Pamela Coleman-Smith was such a genius. Um, Pamela Coleman-Smith was the illustrator, uh, a woman of color, lived in Brooklyn, illustrated, um, and did the art for the Smith Rider Waite Tarot deck and was commissioned very specifically by um, Rider and Waite to do the majors how they wanted them. And then they were very open about how Pamela interpreted the minors and I believe the court cards and know the minors for sure. Um, and so we owe Pamela Coleman Smith a debt every day for basically depicting in a visual way what the backbone of almost every single minor arcana deck, unless if there was specific imagery drawn from other decks, um, we owe a debt of gratitude to Pamela Coleman Smith with every single time we talk about almost any deck. We're either doing what Pamela didn't do, or we're going off of what Pamela did and putting our own twist on it. Um, she really created what the minors are before that, the Marseille, it was just the element. Um, there wasn't, there are other decks that depict 
um, kind of a minor experience, but she's really the person who took them and made them into what we know today. So we honor Pamela Coleman Smith here. But Pamela Coleman Smith understood, whether she realized it or not, understood that the sword cards feel, have to look like how the brain feels about them. In other words, they had to express the level of depth and drama and intensity and story that is brain generated. So the 10 of swords looks so gruesome, not because it is so gruesome, but because it's a wonderful depiction of how the brain often interprets the end of a particular mental cycle. It assumes that all of us is dying, not that it's losing a measure of control and that it won't be able to kind of like rev up a certain engine anymore, which is the truth. It assumes like, oh my God, if I can't run this program, if this person is going to expand beyond what I think is safe, if they're going to leave the ground I know is familiar, we must be dying. And she knew that enough to describe literally the death of this body run through with symbols of the mind. Really, when we look at Pamela Coleman Smith's Smith Rider weight card, we see the mind is starting to hurt. It's starting to generate thoughts that are cutting us off from the wellspring of our knowing. Those swords run right down the spine, cutting us off at that sense of you know, huge channeling. That's where the channel runs through. That's where all the major glands are, which correspond to the chakra system. Those are running through our central highway of information. It's a symbolic metaphor for the fact that our thoughts are starting to, um, are no longer able to coexist with our expanded. We're growing out of this shell. So, it's great to think of 10 of swords as a full moon because it's like, well, what wonderful things has this particular cycle of thought brought me? What, you know, shitty things has it brought me? What's awesome about stepping forward and away from that? What's really fucking hard about it? Cause it's really hard work. It's welcome work. It's beautiful work to shed an old cycle of thinking and open to a new one, but it's no joke. So you know, it's very, very deep, but it's not going to necessarily feel like horrors. And it definitely, I mean, I don't want to disrespect anybody, but this is my podcast. And I do think like the idea that this card has to do with some kind of betrayal is ridiculous because let's just say, first of all, someone did speak about you behind your back. Um, let's just acknowledge that there's enough literature out there to support the idea that if that happens or if you're betrayed in some way, um, that, you know, the card knew it or something, you know, um, but really when somebody betrays us, you know, when we experience that kind of hurt or wound in our love and trust, it is a profound opportunity to shift a cycle of thinking in the mind. Profound. Because then we're on a journey of healing trust. And that is huge. Because probably 
those wounds were somewhere in there to begin with. Probably there was a fear of some kind that we get to do some work on. And it's not to say that I'm not absolutely making space for the huge heartbreak that that can bring and does bring. I've been there many times myself, um, but it's just to hold a space that we're here to evolve through those experiences. And that even if your experience corresponded with a kind of like a really old school interpretation of Ten of Swords, you are still not excluded from the soul-centered interpretation. There is still an opportunity to clear something out that's ready to die and step forward into something new that is more nourishing, more nutritive for you. And you get to caretake, doula, midwife, nurture your feelings, your heart the whole way through. We're leaving nothing behind. It just never stops at this idea that, you know, we are somehow um, limited to a potential earthly consequence or outcome, you know, very disempowering and frankly, not very true, not a very good or solid way to interpret the tarot. It's really a way that we're starting to release, which is great. Um, So Ten of Swords is really the beginning of a new world. It's really the beginning of a new cycle. And this is really, I think, what we're doing now to prepare for 2020. There are a lot of mental programs, habits, patterns, ways of thinking, habits, of, you know, cycles of thought that are just not meant to go with us. We are so ready as a collective to stop thinking that the brain is all we fucking are. It is not. It is a beautiful part of what we are, not meant to be the ruler, the leader of anything. It's here, as my teacher, Michelle Sine, always says, to support the soul. That's the brain's essential job, is to support the soul. We're here to have soul experiences, period. And Ten of Swords can really help that. It is really just absolutely magnificent, transformative energy where we get to bow to the gifts of what an old cycle has um, helped us do, you know, kept us safe, you know, Um, but we've learned everything we're meant to learn from that cycle of thinking. Now we have to step forward into something new. I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast that Ten of Swords is such a beautiful, big, important friend benevolent, helpful ally to me. And I want to share that. And I know I've shared this before, either in my classes or on this podcast, that when I am creating, making new courses specifically, Ten of Swords is one of the most constant pulls in my daily draws. And um, when I was creating birthing, Tower for the Wild Soul for the first time back in 2017, I was pulling this card almost every day. And it was because, one, um, it's very hard to explain how intense it is to create a course when it's hard to explain. Um, It's very scary. It's extremely expensive. 
There is never any guarantee anyone's ever going to sign up. (laughs) There's never been a time that I have done my Tarot for the Wild Soul course where I've assumed that even like 10 people will sign up. I always, my brain always is like, well, this will be the last year anyone will ever do it. And then nobody's ever going to do it again. And by the way, if that was true, that would also be okay, but it's still scary because now I have like staff and, you know, beautiful people that work for me and a lot of people who also get paid to do this work, especially with this course, moderators and bonus contributors who everybody gets paid and paid well. So, um, unless they're volunteering specifically, but, um, it's really scary. And the brain in my experience fought me every step of the way. And, um, there were a lot of experiences that I had when I first built the course way back where there were a lot of things that went wrong with people I hired or with creation of it or whatever. Um, and of course there's no wrong, but did not go the way I wanted to. And, um, it was always a tug of war to think, well, I'm just going to scrap all this, like, fuck it. And every time I pulled 10 of swords, it was a way to say, there is no failure possible with this. I have to try because if I don't try, I basically am trying to get back into a body that is dead. There's no going back now. I can't go back to a time before I tried to take this huge leap and step forward into something new and exciting and frightening and terrifying and whatever. Um, because there really is nothing like putting your work out And, you know, even with the people supporting the work, there's huge stakes for them, but it's not anything like when you are actually putting your work out into the world and saying, I, I think you should pay for it. You know, it's very scary. So, um, 10 of swords was a, a incredibly important ally for me in that process because it helped me um, slowly but surely shed this idea of all these different things, the way that my material could be accessed, the way that, you know, I could teach that was, um, in better alignment for my energy and my time. You know, it was more money at that time than I had ever spent on anyone, on anything. And I didn't have it when I did it. It was in hope that the course would make enough that I could pay other people. And, that's very scary. And it takes a lot of, a lot of mental evolution to come to a place where the brain is screeching, screaming, telling you what a horrible idea this is, but kind of knowing it's your next natural step and it's the right thing to do. And it describes both the kind of kicking and screaming death of an old mental cycle that has been really trying to keep you safe and small and the expansion of a new way where we're using the brain differently. So that's the key here for me to do a course, for me to step forward into this really vulnerable space of willingness and invitation. Will you please consider, you know, this offering, um, a huge deal and one in which we, have to start using the mind a little differently. We have to think differently. We have to start um, making space to consider, you know, what that is and what it isn't. And I've been pulling 10 of swords constantly 
in the last few weeks because um, I've been doing a lot of the same work with my offerings, but also in my life. There's certain um, old patterns of thought or of contraction or whatever that have absolutely no place running any engine in my life anymore. And there's always a, a really sacred birth-death process that moves through the cycle of Ten of Swords. It's a really important um, rebirth experience where something dies and something is born really at the same time. And I share this about my course particularly, although I could share a million examples with Ten of Swords. She's really a very um, little, little pup in my life that follows me around and do a lot of experiences. Um, it's not easy necessarily, but easy doesn't mean right. It's okay to be uncomfortable. It's safe to be uncomfortable. If your discomfort feels too much for you to cope with, we can call in resources, or you can just say, I need a break for a little bit. And then you step forward again, really gently. But part of 10 of swords too, is considering what else has to go in order for me to step up into this space. Does my consumption of social media have to change? Does my comparison of myself to other people have to change? Do some of my dreams and aspirations have to change? Did I think I was going to go in this direction? Now I'm really being called in this one. And being called in this direction means that I'm letting go of all of these things. You know, it's a big death. And every time we go through 10 of swords, we let go of a lot of stuff. It is a death. It's a huge death and we can grieve that, but it also completely births us into a new world, completely. So it's very important to remember that Ten of Swords is a friend. It really is. And if you've been afraid of Ten of Swords, I really want to invite you to do a couple different things with it. The first is, and this sounds really out there, redraw it. So based on what you've just heard me say, leaving behind what didn't work for you and keeping what does and hopefully finding your own truth in the midst of what uh, I'm sharing, which is way more important than what anything I'm sharing, your truth. Redraw a ten of sorts for yourself. Really think about like how does that look for you, feel for you? What does it mean to leave behind something that protected you and kept you safe in order for you to leap into the unknown? Um, like, draw your own version of it and then put it on your altar, hang it up and begin to let it sink into your subconscious. And what that will start to do is it will start to support your process in that you can use any deck with any imagery. And if you pull 10 of swords, your mind is going to go not to the imagery in the deck, but to your drawing, to your understanding. We can use tarot decks in a deckless way. I don't give a fuck what imagery is in the cards I'm using. It can be anything. If it reads well for me, I don't care what's on it because I'm getting so much from my channel because my relationships with these cards are so developed, so intimate, so my own that I don't care. It can be really violent. It can be not really violent. It can be expansive. It really, it helps to have a more expansive, evolved telling of it. But for some people, it's really important to see like the crunch of the swords and the, um, you know, the power of the blood and, you know, it, it, there's no wrong way to look at it, but 
redrawing it is awesome. Another thing that I um, highly recommend that people think about is the fact that, and you may have already been kind of um, connecting this yourself, Ten of Swords has a very close kinship with the Fool card. It feels very similarly. It They behave very similarly. The um, Ten of Swords is an air card because swords are ruled by the element of air, the mind, the mental state, the way we think, the way we speak, the way we communicate. And the Fool is ruled by Uranus, which rules Aquarius. So the Fool is an air energy. It's an Aquarian energy. Both of them are air. Both of them have to do with this sense of freedom and evolution. Both of them have to do with taking huge leaps. Both of them have to do with leaving behind an old landscape situation. The fool is leaving the ground for the air. And in Ten of Swords, we're leaving behind this old shell for the kind of winged being, the soul-centered being that we are, taking behind, taking what works and leaving what doesn't. And... Um, I could go on and on. Both of them really do require a leap. Both of them have to do with leaping and trusting the leap. Because my teacher told me once, um, my teacher Michelle gave me such important advice with um, doing my first course back in 2017. She said, you know, I totally agree with you. It's a yes to try. But the most important thing, if you're going to take this leap don't take the leap and then twist around and try to grab the ground again. If you're going to take the leap, take the leap and notice when you want to twist and kind of try to like get back on the diving board. She was like, and then just gently let go again. And so that's a big part of full energy. And I've also found it's a big part of 10 of swords. It's like, it is a leap and we do tend to want to scramble back up and be like, Oh, fuck it, fuck it, forget it. But it really is like, just let go and do it because it's happening anyway. Um, the fool is both the end of an old cycle and the beginning of a new one, both the fool and the 10 of swords are in between worlds a little bit. They're leaving one experience, moving into another. Um, so I like to call in the fool with 10 of swords to kind of work together. So if I find that I'm really pulling 10 of swords a lot, I'll sometimes pull out the fool and do a little, um, card pull, usually just made up on the spot to try to sense into kind of like, how can I bring, um, a little bit of a more familiar, less brain centered understanding to what the 10 of swords is inviting me into. So that it's not just kind of all sword energy so that there is something larger holding this. Um, sometimes we need that, but all in all, um, 10 of swords really just does bring beautiful medicine. It is friendly. It is benevolent. It is gloriously beautiful. And we can always lean into it for tremendous growth and care. Um, it's just a glorious energy. It's really beautiful. And, um, is its own amazing transition into a new cycle and a new world and a new relationship with our minds. And most likely you have been through this energy and you haven't even realized it, where you've had to really make a choice and where your brain kicked and screamed and tantrumed. And if you kept going, you probably sensed into like, whoa, my life feels a little different here. This feels a little bit 
less like, you know, there's more expansion available to me. So that's um, a really big part of what this card brings. But um, I also wanted to include some of the other stuff I shared because I know that kind of undoing and rewilding our relationship to this card is a process, especially if we're super scared of it. A lot of people are really scared of this card. So like I wanted hopefully to um, name and honor why that is, why um, that's so valid and why we don't just want to like push that fear away and be like, no, this card is great. We can, you know, tuck our little scared hearts into our hands like little baby birds and just say, you know, hey, you know, it's okay to be afraid. Let's see how we can be a little bit more open to this card today. If you pull it in a reading and you feel like, you know, and you kind of feel like, oh my God, you know, just giving yourself some time to pause and be like, oh, wait a minute. What the fuck did Lindsay say about this card? Or what did I remember about that drawing I did? We can go, you can go back to the breadcrumb trail you left for yourself or that maybe something you got from this podcast episode and really begin to bring into it an understanding, a deeper understanding. This card is not what it looks like. It's what it brings. It's doing something different. And then you can do what I like to call field research with your card where you start tracking, which is really the way I've learned everything I have about tarot is just field study and tracking, which is just to say that I pull a card and then I watch and wait and literally take notes and notice the patterns that it comes up around. And, um, I literally learn new things almost every day about cards where I, you know, I understand them and I kind of go on what I know in a very general way. And then I'll, I'll keep getting them and my relationship completely changes to what they are because now I fully understand them. I'm living them. I'm paying attention. I'm listening to them. So we get to do that with 10 of swords too. Um, it really wants to be included. Um, it's such an important part of our human experience in these bodies as souls and, um, is a really big part of what we're working with now on the journey into 2020. It's most definitely new cycle, new world time. So, um, just holding this in your heart, holding it in mind. Um, I hope that this assists you in your ongoing relationship with this card. If you want to go a little further, I have a special free bonus lesson about this card that's available in the show notes of, um, this episode, um, that is totally available for immediate download. It's, um, like just a little bit of a, of a, um, what is the word? Kind of like a, um, a quick synopsis of what was spoken about on this podcast. And there's a spread to kind of work with 10 of swords energy. And then there's a little exercise that you can do with your full card and with 10 of swords, so just like a little extra. So if you're interested in that, you can sign up and, um, access that. And, um, yeah, thanks so much for listening. Wild souls. Uh, I have a very special episode next week for you with some pretty unbelievable guests. I think it's going to be pretty great in honor of Yule. Um, if you like this podcast, you know, there's like a, a thing at the end, but please give us a five-star review and um, subscribing is really great. It helps, you know, helps other people to find us and stuff like that. So you'll hear about that in a minute, but thank you for listening. Um, thank you for being here. I love all of you and um, please take care of yourselves this week. 
Thank you so much for listening to Tarot for the Wild Soul. This podcast was edited by Chase Voorhees. The podcast art is by Chelsea Iris Granger, and it is hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. For more about the podcast, visit wildsoulpodcast.com or follow us on Instagram at Tarot for the Wild Soul. For more about me and my work, please visit lindsaymack.com. To support Tarot for the Wild Soul, please consider subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and leaving us a five-star review. It helps people find us and it is greatly, greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for being here.